making waves, inspiring change, opening doors to an equal future. Here on the Trapes and Globe on Wheels Disability Advocacy Podcast, host Ming Canada journeys with an array of guests through the multifaceted world of disability advocacy. Guests will share their insights and will discuss some of today's most crucial questions and topics, as well as provide perspectives into the current disability rights movement and lifestyles of people around the world. Let's make waves together in the disability movement. Enjoy the episode. Justin Pines, welcome to the Trips and Global on Wheels podcast hour. Ming, thanks so much for having me. Of course. So um, we're so happy to have you. Um, I, I understand that, you know, you had your injury not too long ago on April 9th uh, of 2016. And you yep. had a ski accident. Um, you know, that was not very long ago. But in terms of despite that, I, I hear that, as you shared with me, uh, a couple of days ago that you went on your first solo trip to Europe, to, to France specifically. So how was that? Yeah, that's right. Uh, sort of last fall, October through November, I spent six weeks out in France. Um, the vast majority of that was in Paris. Um, I've always wanted to spend a sort of concentrated amount of time there. I've had short visits over the years for work and for pleasure, but um, yeah, six weeks solo in Paris. I did a couple trips up to London and a week down in southern France in a few towns visiting family friends and it was a trip of a lifetime. It was a really special time. In terms of travel, um, I know that, you know, it's a recent injury, but having traveled with friends and now solo on your own, what are some challenges that you've encountered specifically in regards to, you know, traveling in a wheelchair? Yeah. Um, So I'll speak a little specifically to the solo trip to Paris and to France. Um, I would say, you know, and, and big picture here, I think most of the challenges are, are very overcomable. It's usually some combination of, you know, asking for help in certain situations or being willing to kind of lower the shoulder um, and cope with a little bit of uncomfortableness at times. Uh, but for the most part, um, I was very surprised after six weeks traveling around at how addressable it really was. But um, yeah, I think one big one is just, you know, being in a wheelchair, um, needing to find bathrooms that can accommodate a wheelchair, um, especially in Paris. A lot of times it's downstairs in mm-hmm. a restaurant or a bar or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so just a little bit of planning ahead. Um, I actually use Google Maps a ton, uh, which has a bit of a nested feature, but on any given listing, you can drill down and see accessibility of the entrance and bathroom for most establishments, which I found pretty reliable. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if a place that I was planning on meeting friends at or or visiting alone didn't have a bathroom I could use, I would just either get there ahead of time to scope out a nearby restaurant or, I, or hotel or something that I could use. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't gonna be a super long time at that place, I was, I'd uh, just use the restroom in advance, that kind of stuff. Um, similar, similar for trains and, uh, you know, transportation just, and museums, like scoping out ahead of time um, and just a little bit of forethought and planning. And it was all pretty, pretty doable. Yeah. And I think a lot of it, which is sur- surprises me, I applaud you for it, um, 
is that you know your injury was recently and yet you've done so many things you've done i can't even count how many sports activities as i was reading the different articles i was like well 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 when did he have time to even digest and like and reflect on what just happened and you know you've done so many things and now you're traveling solo and where i'm going with that point is i think what makes it easier to not have it be the scary thing traveling you know with a disability is for you and I to travel and then document I saw that you have some aerial views you know some drone views of your travels and in uh, France which I think is amazing and I think that you know you should do more of that and document it for other individuals with disabilities to see because now you're part of our community and um and I think I think that would be a huge contribution to be able to let other people see the exciting, spectacular life of traveling solo in a wheelchair, despite the challenges, yes, but it's also very thrilling. Yeah, there's a few things in there that I'd love to speak to. I mean, the first is sort of this approach that I, I have taken in the last couple of years, and it was a pretty deliberate decision kind of coming out of the hospital, and it was like, well, the world right now shrunk down to the size of initially my hospital room and I, I want to really concertedly try and expand that back out and you know I used to live my life world-sized and I want to get back to living it at that you know level as, again so I think I viewed it kind of as like going to the buffet table and just try stuff like I you know I went out and mountain biked in Bend, Oregon with the Oregon Adaptive Sports Foundation. I, you know, got out with high fives and surfed and I've gone sit skiing and road biking. Yeah, athletically, in general, just physical things that are new and make me a little uncomfortable at the, you know, initial thought of them. It was just like, I know I need to press into that stuff and get uncomfortable because it's the only way I'm going to start to expand my world back out. And also figure out, like, in this new way of things, like, what do I love? I used to really love, like, I was a uh, very committed, passionate distance runner, um, ran collegiately, uh, you know, got in a racing chair and did the New York City Marathon. And, you know, is this something that I'll reclaim and make a regular part of my life? Side note, that's still an open question whether the racing chair is going to be <laughs> a day-to-day thing. Um, but, yeah, so putting aside, I guess, that, that one point, which I think is very important um, and explains why I was doing so many things. Uh, but the... Um, a second point that you got to of like the value of documenting and, and sharing of that experience. Um, I need to do more of it, more than just some drone videos. Uh, I, I do write uh, a bit here and there. I don't have like a regular blog or anything I have to keep, but um, I do very much believe in the importance of that. And I think I've benefited from, because it makes the theoretical concrete right? Like when you see someone actually doing the thing that you're like, I wonder if I could, you know? And so I, I do a lot of like one-on-one mentoring at Creek Hospital and a lot and a lot of sharing of story with people individually because just for that reason, I think it helps make things concrete. And again, getting to that idea of like demystifying the unknown. It's like once you know someone who's done certain things, even if you're not trying to do exactly that, you... Uh, feel more confident going out and trying similarly new and a bit uncomfortable uh, kind of stuff. Thank you for listening. 
We hope you enjoyed the episode and came away with some information that you can now take with you to create your own change. If you would like more information about Traipsing Global on Wheels, please visit traipsingglobalonwheels.com. And that's Traipsing, T-R-A-I-P-S-I-N. And for updates and other TGOW-related news, follow our social media pages on Instagram and Facebook, both with handles Traipsing Global on Wheels, and then also LinkedIn and Twitter. You can find the links below in the description box or on our main channel page. We sincerely appreciate your support, and we'll catch you again next time.